Whether you're listening at home on your 7.1 home theater surround sound system, or just using a pair of dollar store craptastic earphones on your smartphone, we're still the best-sounding Battletech Mech Warrior podcast on the planet. This is the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast, and it starts right now. No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. Listen up, partner. Word around here is that the Merrick Gunfighter Alliance is rolling through the inner sphere. Reckon those pilots came in from the Free Worlds League. You hearing me, son? The gunfighters have proven themselves on the battlefield. Ain't no way around it. They fill in any role for all Merrick units, from scout to assault, and with prompt, deadly support, I tell you. Now, there are two kinds of people here in MWO. The ones with loaded guns and the ones in a smoking mech heap. Which one are you? Join us at MerrickGunfighterAlliance.Engine.com and find out what it takes to be a gunfighter. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast number 54. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. It is December 5th, 2012. God, it's getting close to Christmas. I'm not ready for it. But, well, my shout-out is going to go to something actually really special for all of you Marines out there, armed forces, service members, or even people that support the service uh, members out there. Uh, There's a project going on on Kickstarter that's uh, made by Marines for Marines, and it's actually talking about Marines, and it's called Chosen, an Animated War Film. And we've got a particular link here for it. Um, it's really cool. It's one of those things where, as a Marine, I always like to, I guess, plug in uh, stuff that's going on. And it's telling stories of, you know, these Korean vets that, well, haven't been stated. And in a way that, you know, obviously is, is different. They're actually doing a full animated uh, uh, film from this. So, anyways, shameless plug over and shout out over. Darren, who do you got? Hey, this is Darren, a.k.a. Bombadil, and my shout-out today goes to Dave and Rudy for all of the amazing hard work that they've been doing on our websites, more than one website, and, of course, to the holidays. As Phil mentioned, it is definitely uh, my favorite time of the year to be an eater. Are you talking about being a fat kid? I'm talking about eating. So you're talking about being a fat kid, yeah. That's the definition. I, if, of fat if, kid. That's, if that's what you got a picture in your mind, whatever gets you off, man. Because I'm totally going to discriminate now. Yeah, I'm definitely a fat kid there with you. All right, Brandon, who do you got, buddy? Hello, this is Brandon, also known as Catrick Kell. And tonight I want to extend a warm welcome to Gareth, who's with us today. Of course, our live studio audience and all 52 stack of aces. Yes. Whoa. Our unit is growing. You heard it. Ace is actually now officially recruiting. Make sure you to check. Well, the outreach TS3 and uh, touch base with one of the unit leaders. 
So, uh, Laura, who do you have tonight? Hey, this is Laura, aka BB Wolf. My shout-out goes to Daka, Daka, Daka. Your day is coming. Don't worry. Dun-dun-dun. Everyone loves a Daka. And, of course, welcome to all of our live studio audience. It's actually grown. And I'm going to put out uh, a request there. If you're in a unit and you're listening right now and your other buddies are not on and they could be and they like the show, or if they don't, you make them listen to it anyway, get on here. we got a 400-man server. I want to, like, try to crash this thing. So let the, let's get that rolling. And, of course, to all of our new listeners out there, whether you're listening while you're going to work in the morning, whether you're, you know, at work and trying to drown out the you know, travel of, or maybe you're running on a treadmill and getting sweaty. Yes, Flying Debris, I'm talking to you. Thank you for listening to No Guts, No Galaxy. And, of course, we ask if you have the ability, go to our website, give us a tip, help us out. The tip jar is on the right side of the website. And that being said, the new website is coming along, and we'll give you a little bit more info as that is, uh, well, January 1st. That's when we're going live with it. It's pretty damn sexy. Functionality, all that fun stuff. So thank you again. Cool, cool. And hey, uh, Phil, you know what time of the year it is, right? Because we both mentioned it kind of in our shout-outs. Uh, holidays. It's the holidays, right? The holidays Grinch. are a good time for doing what? Giving. Giving. That's exactly what I was getting to. If you want to give the gift of Mecca art, go visit our, our friend, David A. White. You can go to his website, MeccaZone. We'll put the link up there. Phil, you can do that. Be sure when you go to his website, check out his story. He's got some awesome pictures, awesome books. And if you uh, enter the code GUTS, G-U-T-S, all caps, when you place your order, you'll get 20% off. So give the gift of MechWarrior art for your fellow MechWarriors. Also, speaking of gifts, Amazon.com. If you're going to do some Christmas shopping, click through the link on our website. doesn't add anything to your order, and it helps give us a little kickback and support the podcast if you can't donate directly. Yeah, and most definitely, um, I know it's just one of those things a lot of people can't help out, and we definitely understand financially. Um, so obviously the Amazon's cool thing. Like, uh, I'm actually, I'm going to be telling my mom to go through there because she uses it all the time for Christmas shopping. So, hey, helps out. Tell your moms, dads, sisters, brothers, friends, everyone. Tell all your Facebook friends. All right, it is time for the No Guts, No Galaxy News, founded in 2011, reported in 3049. And now for the news. Carried aloft upon the winds of battle, we drift through the inner sphere, wandering masterless and homeless, stricken by the memories of what was. Our forefathers were forced to witness the death and destruction of all they held dear, left behind by their fellow Star League soldiers, driven from the world they called home, hounded at every turn by the so-called Lords of Succession. Now we have been forced to live in exile and this mercenary lifestyle, fighting in the pay of one power or another, earning enough money to keep ourselves and our families whole, struggling to retain our independence. Yet even here, we retain our honor and serve only the noblest of causes, hoping against hope that someday the winds of battle shall carry us back to the home we cannot name once more. We are the Windborn Highlanders. The winds shall carry us home. Join us, windbornhighlanders.com, for recruitment and contracts. First thing to bring up, which is pretty awesome, uh, is NGNG TV is live. If you haven't checked it out, uh, do so. It's pretty cool. We got some, basically some four-man lances going out, uh, different people, different times. Um, 
Phil, you've been having a lot of fun with that. Why don't you tell us what you're doing? Yeah, basically I'm dropping down. Sometimes we're doing it as a, um, well, we're mostly doing it as an organized group. Um, we did just do a troll Mando pack where we rode around and mouse pack of all commandos. It's really fun because I never do play lights. Um, I can confirm that we will have some um, devs on future shows, and those devs may not necessarily be just MWO. We may be sitting down with some of the other devs from other projects and basically schooling them up on what's what. And anyways, uh, just sort of give you an eye on what organized play looks like, and we've actually got a lot of positive feedback. So again, if you haven't subscribed, go just give us a, a click on that button, and of course, come check out. We're getting content every week. We're posting up. Indeed, I'm having fun watching it and participating. And that being said, NGNG TV is actually also going to Twitch. Uh, we just got our channel Ooh. set up. We tested it last night. Everything was working great. Just got a few more things we got to work on, but uh, NGNG will be doing Twitch events, and I will say that we will be doing stuff uh, with um, PGI and uh, you know Roadhouse in the, the future. Also, NGNG is looking for writers. Uh, specifically, um, we're looking to do some, start doing some articles every week, every month, something like that. Depends on who we get and what we uh, want to talk about. So, if you have any writing talent, and this could be for current uh, NGNG staff as well, just contact me. Let me know. And then we're also looking for a software developer, programmer, whatever you like to be called. Um, so, if you uh, are interested in either of those positions, email me bombadil at nogasnogasi.net for more information. Are you looking for more members for your Battletech or MechWarrior unit? For your own unit sponsorship or recruitment ad, go to the donation page on our website, nogutsnogalaxy.net. Make a unit sponsorship donation of $20 and your ad will be included in the first available show. Also, our unit directory is online. Go to our website and get listed. It is free, unless, you, of course, you want to pay for a premium listing. And on that note, uh, premium listing, what is that? First off, on our current website, if you click on unit directory, all of the top units, you'll notice they're in a special little bracket. They actually are above everyone else. That's what you get. It's basically primetime advertisement for a unit. And then, also if you notice on the left side below the TeamSpeak 3 info, sponsor units, that's the exact same thing. Now, as us, we want to give back to you guys for you know doing that. Um, on our new website, you are literally in the middle of the page on every single page you go to on our website. You, so you get prime advertisement space. So for those units out there that may not have done so, again, featured unit, it's basically $10 a month. And you guys get your uh, unit advertisement out there. So I don't know about you all, but I'm getting a little drunk with all these units and cockpits and stuff. <laughs> all right. Are you part of a unit participating in the upcoming MechWarrior Online, MechWarrior Living Legends Tactics, MechWarrior 4 Mega Mech, or any other Battletech or MechWarrior related group? If so, reserve your spot on our new No Guts No Galaxy Outreach TeamSpeak 3 server. You can find our information. Actually, there's a nice button on the left-hand side that allows you to connect right to our TeamSpeak. Once you're logged in, contact Sean, Phil, and, and he'll get you set up. That being said, we actually, during the middle of the show, we hit 250 people, so we'd have already been Yeehaw. full on our last or our old server so yeah um next week i expect more so your units show up in number my unit will destroy your wang all right this week in our international listener list we have a new entry at number five new zealand welcome all you hobbits number four germany drops down one spot to number four number three singapore new entry to the list 
And number two and number one, it's Canada and Australia fighting it out again, but Australia wins this time, moving up to number one. Canada is number two. Oh! I blame armed. Oh, it happened. Yes. Good job on you, Australians. I blame armed. You blame armed for Canada not represented? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> and a couple days ago, Critical Hits number eight, title graphics, was released. Another good I loved one. It. Loved I it. I agree. Loved it. They keep on coming. Good stuff from our friend Rudy. The community spotlight this week. Uh, Phil, this looks like you're doing. You want to uh, oh get into this? Oh my god, this is awesome. By the way, someone, um, a.k.a. Leo Firebrand, did a model, a uh, paper model, sort of, uh, I don't know the specifics, but he did it of the MWO Catapult. Now, there's the link of the forum post and... And his own personal breakthrough um, uh, breakdown on breakdown. his website, and he's basically got a ton of pictures. This is awesome. So Leo, I told you I was going to give you a shout out. Here it is. This Seriously, is awesome. awesome! Like even the inside of the cockpit. I mean, that is amazing detail yes. and, and work. He wants no, to do good. more, and he just needs more orthographic. So I actually, I've I've asked Garth maybe put a little pressure on him uh, to get more orthos out there. So. You know, Leo can basically do more. Um, may even have to contact him and be like, hey, you know, uh, give away one. I think that would be awesome. I don't know. Yeah, that was a pretty sweet. Did he say how long it takes him to do? I have no idea. I need to ask him his whole process, how long, you know, mm-hmm. is it expensive? Well, yeah, I think I the process is broken down there. Yeah, anyway, very cool stuff. And local games this week, we've got the Table's Edge Comics and Games, Georgia Street Suite 131 in Amarillo, Texas. Wednesday evenings and weekends open to vets and those wanting to learn how to play. Contact Brandon at Azrael at Suddenlink.net. That contact info will be in the show notes. And also Bookery Fantasy, Fairborn, Ohio. CBT games twice a month usually starts at 12.30 p.m. on Saturdays. Contact Jim Topa at the.godfather at Ameritech.net. Contact info will also be in the show notes. And if you're playing a tabletop game in your area and looking for more players, or if you want to start one, we would love to help you promote it and announce it. So go ahead and send us your info at localgames at nogutsnogalaxy.net, and we will do that for free. Also, those that we're promoting, send us your pictures if you can. We'd love to see them. And finally, funding for this podcast is brought to you by you. This is a listener-supported podcast, and your donations keep us on the air and pay for such things as hosting TeamSpeak 3, like our new big server, equipment, prizes, software, and other projects. Check out our new tip jar on the right side of the website. Easy to do. Drop down, pick a dollar, two dollars, ten dollars, whatever you can afford. As well as unit sponsorships and George Ledoux recorded messages and ads. And that is the news. Phil? Mech of the week. Your vote. Your choice. And now, this week's Mech of the Week. Hello, everybody. This is Duncan Fisher. Do you want to poke a dragon in the eye or cut the head off a snake? Well then, join the Rangers today and avenge your lost loved ones. Are you looking to join an elite Inner Sphere mercenary unit that is loyal to House Davion? Then look no further than the Robinson Rangers Brigade. Go to www.first-rangers.com Now... This is actually, we had over 40 votes on this. And I think again, that's a I'm gonna, new record, isn't it? Yeah, uh, well, we've had a few that have reached 40, but I'm going to challenge you guys. We want more participation. We've got a, you know, a ton of people on the website. Uh, get in your vote, obviously. Um, we're going to be changing this a little bit 
basically we've noticed a lot of people actually reposting their vote. I think it's some confusion of what mechs are listed up above. Anyways, Brandon's going to work on this, and uh, hopefully there won't be any more confusion so we don't have any, uh, well, wasted votes. But uh, yeah, Trebuchet, you guys voted for it, and here it is. So let's uh, break it down for you. All right, now the Trebuchet we're going to be talking about specifically is the TBT Tango Bravo Tango 5N. Now, it is a medium mech, 50 tons, and a lot of people are actually familiar with it because, well, MWO just, uh, you know, obviously released their uh, concept art a while back and we're waiting for it to be in-game, but a lot of people know it. But it specifically, we're going to talk about in the tabletop environment, and this variant has two LRM-15s and three medium lasers. Now, with that, it also goes 86 kph, no jump jets on this variant. I've used this, actually, a lot in the tabletop and it's actually a really really effective support mech because of its speed it does have some heat problems though so have you guys used this yes actually uh me and bellwork were just playing the tabletop a couple days ago and i was fielding two trebuchets and by far it was the greatest thing in the history of ever these uh this variant or different variants a different variants i'm not sure I'm, i know ones i made up myself i think i was running a 5n though because i do remember lrm 15 spam on an atlas it was beautiful yeah, I don't have um, a lot of the tabletop experience with Trebuchet, but I, of course, uh, Mega Mech. Very common mech, and I think pretty much any time I have it, I'm happy to have this one in my roster. Yeah, it actually reminds me a lot of, like, the Dervish. You know, obviously, there's not a whole lot of difference between, you know, some of the mechs and, and the tabletop as far as just numbers and min-maxing are concerned, but I definitely use this. Uh, Artwork-wise, it's one of those things where, well... Reminds me I of the Victor. Yeah, mm-hmm. it... It's earned its name as the trench bucket, I think, just based off the, the hack. <laughs> yeah, the hat, the, I don't know, medieval sort of archer hat. I don't know. It's it's funky, but... It's like a strange Darth Vader bucket. It's a mech archer mullet. Hybrid. I knew it. No, no. Repeat got it right in the audience. It's a mech mullet. That's what it is. It's a mullet. Yeah, yeah. So we're all a little uncomfortable with mullets, so we're all a little uncomfortable with the trebuchet as far as the way it looks, but it's an awesome performing mech. Yes, it is. Um, It's actually really uh, cheap, relatively. Um, It's fast. That's one of the things I like about it. Now, some history behind it. The Centurion actually was designed as a operating partner for the trebuchet in the Succession Wars, but obviously they had some issues sort of implementing it. So it's actually supposed to be partnered up. Obviously it's not supposed to be going there solo. Oh, sort of like MWO if you roll so anyways. Hmm. I'm gonna go there. And of course there's some you know history behind it. The trebuchet is actually a mainline medium weight battle mech and it's considered basically a long range support but it also has capability with the three medium lasers to, you know, support itself. Very course, similar armament to a catapult in a medium mech. And it was actually designed um, to work with a lance, basically as a support mech. It wasn't designed specifically to, you know, um, be just by itself. It was designed to, you know, sort of help out. So Don't anyways. Rambo in a trebuchet. No. Why not? I don't understand. Don't LRM work at like 90 You will die in a ball of fire. (laughs) And that was your mech of the week. You guys, of course, get to vote, and it's your choice. So let's pump it up. We've got enough people in here right now. If all of you guys voted for mech of the week, we'd probably be breaking our numbers. So let's do it. So next week, get your vote in. Otherwise, it won't be the mech that you want. Which will be sad. Oh. Now we're going to move into World According to Garth. Welcome, Garth. Thank you for being on the show. Welcome. Thank you. 
So um, first off, uh, for those who don't know, Garth is getting married. So congrats, Garth. Woohoo! Thank you. And of course, uh, you know, I'm sure there's dates and all that. Is is it soon? Are you just prepping? What what's going on with that? It's at the end of the month, so just before Christmas. Host. We are going to ask you nice. every show until then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pictures are didn't happen. All oh, right, yeah, I'll so... get right on uploading my face online. I'll get right on that. <laughs> Congrats, man. I can just see that now, all of our Canadian followers. All right. So there's actually a lot been uh, happening in the past week, specifically yesterday. You guys released another patch. Um, but before we, before we get into some of that, let's dive into a few topics that are sort of heat. Well, I would say heated. It's good, good topics. Let's touch on uh, double heat sinks first. Now, PGI has done something different than, uh, well, what some people agree with or don't agree with. You guys have basically made double heat sinks not actually double their original values. Um, am I correct? That is correct. Now, from the game design perspective, if you guys were to do exactly what the tabletop did, I mean, can, can you elaborate maybe on why you guys did that and why, in your opinion, it isn't a good idea to go, at, you know, 2.0, you know, as far as like double... Yeah, sure. Um, first, I'm not actually involved in the, the balancing and whatnot of this. So that's all Paul and uh, Dave. And um, the reason, though, I, I was aware of this. I was in the test where this happened. We had 2.0, and it wasn't me, but it was a Cicada 2A. And it had six medium lasers, and someone fired it for something like a minute straight without overheating. In the and we went, oh, crap. Because, I mean... We worked out, like, uh, I sent you that link, Phil. Um, but uh, the variant I use with the double heat sinks I use, you could, f- I think it was like you do two, where was it? No, it was 456 damage before you overheat. <laughs> so it was just like, abs- and that was just holding down the button, just but, firing as but fast as you can. That's that's what the tabletop does, and there's no balancing issues with the tabletop. So why can't we have Oh, yeah, the, the one thing we Whoa. get into with the, uh, the tabletop thing a lot is... Um, People are like, well, you're making MechWarrior, so why aren't you using Battletech? And generally, I want to say, well, no MechWarrior game has ever used every single one of the rules. They always use it as a base and then go, we have to change it from here. What do we do? So for us, uh, we decided double um, armor because people died really fast if you didn't do that, like incredibly fast. And while that's more faithful to, you know, combat and whatnot, it's really boring if you're caught off guard, especially for new players, it was awful because they'd walk in and take a you know LRM twenty to the face and die and be like, I don't even know what just happened. What just happened? So basically, if if you roll into um, one of the things with MWO that you guys are trying to sort of prevent is, and it's always going to happen. Players are going to min max, but you guys are trying to look at boating and basically someone being able to go over there min max and just pew 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 put out a ton of damage. Never shut down, and heat is a is, is a very distinct part of the Mech Warrior universe. I mean, you read about it, and I don't think any game has quite captured the the heat issues up until Mech Warrior Online, where you know, yes, you may have double heat sinks, but in reality, is tabletop has some very unbalanced things, and if you guys didn't adjust that, God, can you? I mean, like. It would, it would create a whole nother plethora. It all so, comes down to being a fun game, and I want the most fun that I can have, uh, you know, within certain boundaries. And, and altering, you know, numbers from 1.5 to 2 or, you know, whatever, if it makes the game better, then to me that's the most important thing than sticking to something that, you know, would basically hurt the game in a significant way. Yeah, I mean, the biggest 
idea we had going with the heat was we wanted heat to be a real constant issue for most variants. I mean, obviously you're going to have some variants that are just low heat, but generally that comes at the cost of ammo or having to deal with something like that. So, I mean, in in the books, especially heat's an issue, not so much tabletop in some circumstances. But uh, I find personally, as someone who laser boats almost exclusively, Yay, I really like the system we use. I um I really like where the double heat sinks are at because uh, especially with 2.0 it was just stupid. I I didn't even worry about heat. It was just a non-issue. I just fired forever and ever and ever, and I did two Gauss rifles worth of damage every time my cycle went through my six medium lasers. You were pretending to be a clanner, weren't you? Yeah, exactly. Uh... Yeah, it's like um you can imagine. I'm not going to mention all of them, but say certain awesome variants that would have say 25 double heat sinks on them would oh, suddenly man. have a rather high damage ratio <laughs> because God, I they can't would say. never have to stop firing. Oh, I don't know. Is that the the oh, um, 9M? Alright, guys. Uh, I think we've touched on that. Obviously, we have some more stuff Actually, to cover. So. I just have a question for Gareth. Has it ever been considered at all for a module that could potentially bump up the double heat sinks or heat sinks efficiency by like 0.1 or 0.2? Uh, the reason we didn't, we actually looked at something like that, was certain variants do become insanely strong to the point of overpowered just with that. There's a little peak at which you have to wait for the heat to go down. And once we add even a point one, suddenly those mechs are boom. They're never stopping firing, just ever. So that was specifically why we chose the numbers we did. Speaking about firing, that sort of brings us into our next... Uh, topic ECM was released yesterday. Now there was a very in-depth post in the command share about how ECM works, uh, counter and you know um, the other mode, counter and uh, disrupt. Um, wow! First off, I hopped in matches yesterday, got involved, and I love it. It literally changes the entire freaking experience in game because someone or multiples, whether on your side or against are running it and it it literally changes everything about the game uh being able to target not being able to lock on you being jammed you disappearing off your friendly radar uh wow um surprise atlas coming over the ridge yeah there's a little more surprise with this patch so yesterday we actually ran an 8v8 we actually ran a few matches aces and a few uh friends we actually ran into a group that had two light mechs with ecm four atlases and i think it was a catapult and a hunchback we actually defeated them and we had only two atlases because it's just combined fire but all of a sudden we saw one atlas coming around the corner and then three more were right behind it and it was like holy shit out of nowhere um okay. what are your guys thoughts i mean what are you guys' experience i mean brandon uh darren uh, laura do you guys like it love it hate it uh-huh. I do like it, but the uh, the thinking behind a lot of what we've been doing in previous eight mans has to change because we're not used to saying, "Oh, surprise! It's six atlases." Hi, we're not used. Yeah, to that's definitely to a shocker that. coming around the side, I imagine. And then because we've been out of the whole eight man drop thing for a while, it's uh, gonna take some getting used to. But I think we got it. Should oh now I guess this is more of a question uh, for for Garth and new guests that are play. Isn't focus on the lance a good thing though? I mean. Wouldn't it be nice to where you could just roll left with your lance and the other lance? Or is it one of those things where if you don't stick together, sort of, you don't divide your forces in the face of an enemy sort of thing? I think a lot of the time it comes into uh, snap decision when you see the enemy, which I'm sure you're aware of, having been in the military. All good plans work right until the combat starts, and then everything goes south, right? So 
I think what you'll see a lot of is people going, hey, if they're all running ECM Max, why don't we just run nothing that that has anything to do with ECM? That's we'll what we did last Goss. night. Yeah, yep. exactly, right? Use Goss strictly... rifles, use um, medium lasers, uh, anything that's brawler style especially, because people will be like, oh, I'm just going to walk my scout right into them and disrupt them, and then you two-shot well, them, and they're like, That being oh, said, crap. could that be a problem, though, with, uh, let's say, let's, let's take Cost of Galley, because that's quite a large map. That's very open space where you could use LRMs. Is there any place for LRMs then? I mean, yeah, I mean, you could counter, but if every single one of them is running ECM, it pretty much negates the use of LRMs, right? I mean, it's like, well, you can't use the damn things. I mean... Yeah, well, uh, one thing we're doing is tag is getting an increased range. Um, also, uh, we're hoping people will start to lead and they essentially blindfire them because they are actually pretty damn good used that way. Especially when people do what they're doing right now a lot of, which is turtling up with a bunch of atlases. And if you stand there and then overhead missiles are pounding into you and you just don't want to move, I mean, you're going to get the crap beat out of you and then someone's going to outflank you and shoot you in the back. So what we're hoping will happen is people will stop relying on, okay, I'm an LRM boat, I got a lock, I fire all my missiles, I fire all my missiles, I fire all my missiles, that's it. And get into more of, well, what if I pull back and we get a tag on him and we hit him and then he pulls back and then we fire over this hill where we know they're all hiding and then they have to come out and that sort of thing. Gotcha. Now, actually, we did see tag being used last night um, quite effectively. Um, 8v8 groups. You guys went live with that yesterday. Um, for those that don't know, it's not uh, set up for uh, as far as matchmaking the weight classes. You basically drop with whatever the hell you want and you fight it out. So actually, this did this changed things last night. Um, uh, Almost uh, like a blind contract if we're looking into the future a bit or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Brandon and Darren, you guys were there. Um, we basically, you know, we dropped and I was like, all right, this is this is gonna be the real shit here. It's like this isn't no for you know pugs or you know anything like that i was like all eight of them are going to be on a team organized and it was actually we had one tough battle we sort of had a rollover like i said but um you know it it completely changed i mean it was like hey stick close to the ecm support we had uh, uh dave uh, in his atlas we stuck close to him we were using our scouts to watch you know our flanks left and right it you know it was basically very military um yeah. It's bringing you to in be a lot smarter. Right, it's bringing in the organization, the strategic maneuvers, etc. It's this is the, you know, this is basically what a lot of us have been waiting for. All right, so phase 2 was implemented Garth as far as aviate groups. Now what everyone's wondering is phase 3, community warfare, doing aviate groups to where it actually does, you know, weight matching and all of that fun stuff and community warfare and the whole just the whole package. Can you give us any, you know, information on that uh, estimated sort of time frames, any news bits? I mean, anything. Uh, I can say it's next year. Does that help? <laughs> I, <see what laughs> Sorry, you I had to do. Well, that. which is which is less than thirty days away, technically, if you're just going off that. But um, well, uh, yeah, confirmed in, in three weeks, right? Thirty to three hundred ninety-five. Sure. Yeah, confirmed. Garth just said it. It's happening in January. <laughs> right, <laughs> January so, 1st. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, that being said. Community warfare is a big discussion point among unit leaders. Um, you know, you being the community, you know, manager, have you guys taken any of the ideas or suggestions you've seen off the form and definitely put those on the drawing boards as far as like, yeah, we definitely want to implement this. I mean, I mean, can you elaborate a little bit on you know, information that's out there from the community? Is there anything specifically that you're like, oh yeah, we're def we definitely need this? 
Um, we actually went through a lot of them, especially a while ago when we first announced it to see what people were thinking. And what we were surprised by is that we were pretty much dead on with what everyone was suggesting. <laughs> I mean, we went through a lot of suggestions, and it, was, uh, it wasn't always the exact same thing, but it was generally, wow, we pretty much have this, and this is about 90% of what we have, and we want this, and this thing over here. So we actually were going to fully start using ideas, and we were like, hey, these are all our ideas. <laughs> I guess we're on the right page. All right, now, that being said... Um... It's not too far off. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming just like MWO, as far as it's a, uh, you know, it's a playable build. I'm assuming Community Warfare is going to come out in a simplistic sort of form and evolve based off maybe what the, the community wants that's being engaged in in competitive play. Because that's what it is, right? It's competitive play and it's totally separate from the, you know, random matches and whatever, you know, other game modes. Is it something that you guys are going to look at and say, okay, well... Unit leaders in the community warfare sections are saying we want, you know, multiple stage battles to take over a planet instead of, you know, just like we fight, you lose, okay, we take the planet sort of thing. I think a lot of it will come down to um, at least tweaks based on what people are saying. And um, like with the matchmaker, you've seen it go out in phases and that's how the clan and community clan community warfare will go i um, heard that yeah i was gonna say clan Clamor. warfare but i meant like groups so yeah, sure i didn't sure. even know anyway i didn't even know that uh clams fought yes clam warfare it happens a lot uh sorry anyway um with matchmaker we have the different phases and it will be the same with community warfare where uh it will be very simplistic at the start and it will gain more and more layers as we go on and um community ideas will certainly play a part in that because if you know the third phase comes out and people are like hey you know what would be really cool is if this was in phase four and we're like hey that's kind of close to what we have but is actually a great idea so we'll add that so it'll uh i think it'll it'll play a part maybe not a huge part but it will definitely be part of it awesome and personally course- i'm i'm super happy just with the eight versus eight i mean to me that's a big step forward and allows a lot of us to start doing the kind of stuff we want to do 12 v12 oh Dude, yeah step up yes it's gonna happen <laughs> Moving on to community questions, and of course, disclaimer, we can't answer every question asked, and we'll do our best, and of course, Garth, we may be looking at you for some of these answers. Alright, the first question is Pesco, and he says, what are your thoughts and opinions on the fact that Community Warfare is going to be region-based according to the PC Gamer article? Um, And I think what he means by region-based is... We'll have a North American server, probably EU server, and something like that. I mean, I'm assuming that's what he's referring to. Brandon, do you know? Uh, yeah, it would be Europe, most likely an Asian server, uh, and a North American server. Well, I think they sort of have to do it. I mean, it's sort of unjust to all the other players in the world to say, okay, yeah, well, Yeah, there's a reason for that one. North America, you guys get the best freaking, you know, connection while Australia is fucking struggling over there with 250 plus pings and, you know, Europe as well. Right well, there's also time zone issues in prime time and when, you know, different areas of the world can have, you know, have enough people on to do it. There's a lot of reasons. Well, and, I mean, the idea that one match would be essentially determined by where the servers were would be kind of crappy, where it'd be like, oh, sorry, this server's in, you know, Germany, so the American team loses, and the next game it's like, oh, sorry, the Canadian team wins because the server's in Toronto or something, and they would and just be an absolute gong show in that respect. 
Yeah, and we've seen that happen in other games. So I guess the question is, my opinion is, one, it sort of has to happen because I don't think it's fair for another country to be playing me and I have the advantage just because of my ping uh, or they because, you know, it's harder to hit or something like that. Um, and then on top of that, I think it sort of rolls into the whole, well, when they get multiple servers up, how many players are playing? Is it going to cause issues with player base? And ultimately, that's all analytic information that pgi has and i mean obviously as a company and they're not going to do something to like screw up you know obviously their profits but from a player standpoint i would hope they would you know do something like that i mean i'm sure if uh russia or germany or even some of the europe players would love their own server granted it does cause a few issues with the community warfare and you know the inner sphere map and the ongoings they would basically have their own stuff going on and we would have our own on another server as far as a technical thing, I don't know if there's any way to sort of bridge that. So, um, I don't know. You know, it, it is what it is, I guess. It good is what it is. Pesco, good question. Um, I'm sure Garth maybe can ask some questions uh, internally and get some technical feedback on that maybe later down the road. Yeah, I but... don't have the, t the technical stuff on it. I just knew that there were issues with ping being a really big problem when we started mixing them. As you've seen in-game, probably. Some poor bastard walks in with 550 ping. He's in a uh, community warfare match. His team's not going to be too happy about that. Gotcha. All right. Now our next question is, <laughs> Kitik. I don't. I, I don't know. I just Kit go with Kit. K. Yeah. Kit K. Kit K. And he says, for Garth and other devs, if available, willing to answer. With the rival of the clans comes clan tech and discussion about the desire to cross tech, i.e., place clan weapons and equipment on Intersphere Max. Obviously, this is down the roads a ways, and you know, a firm answer may not be expected. But can you at least uh, tell us what the development's version for Clan Tech in regards to that crossing tech is? It a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Would you guys let it, or is it? You know, this is a game design thing, so I don't know if you'll have the answer for it, Garth. Yeah, this would be a Paul thing. I do have an opinion on it, and uh, I actually like oddly what MechWarrior Four did with it, where they said, okay. If clan weapons are going to have better range and do more damage, they're going to do a crap ton more heat. And I thought, if not the best numbers necessarily, it was an interesting way of approaching it. Because I've actually talked to people who work on Battletech, you know, say a certain Mr. Bills, who said that the biggest issue with clan weapons he had anyway, that I agree on is, the clans are all based on brawling, essentially, one-on-one -on -one and fighting someone. So they develop hugely long-range lasers that can take someone out from a kilometer away. Which doesn't really make any sense. That's why they did the whole, um... What the hell was that laser in, like, 3060s? Oh, does anyone remember? We're talking heavy, about... Heavy lasers. Yes, heavy. The heavy lasers, yeah. Uh... That's why he actually was involved with making that, because it made more sense as a clan weapon, because they would be much more inclined to use that than, you know, their ER PPCs hitting you before you can see them. What kind of duel is that, right? So, um... So, yeah. I, I guess me personally, it, I would have to sit down and have a discussion with either Paul or Garth, or not Garth, Paul or Brian to hear the ins and outs. But the thing that I've always thought is, well, if clans have double heat sinks and they're only two slots and you already have issues uh, with boating as is with Intersphere Max and stuff like that, I don't actually like the idea of cross tech. I know that may be blasphemy from a lot of people, but... I, that's just me like I, especially with MWO I see how it's playing out and I think that to keep some of it balanced uh, well don't use it or I, again if they do you know balance it um, or put it in to where 
well, hey, if your mech just got destroyed and you have all clan tech <laughs> weapons and equipment and endo steel and, and all that, well, you know, you're going to be paying for it as far as a price tag. And people mm-hmm. already complain about their price tag is, but hey, you're putting all this uh, nice shit on it? I mean... I'm going to have to agree with you on one. Um, I've always been a big fan, especially in the mech or four scene of the pure tech servers. The first person lock, if it's an inner sphere mech, inner sphere weapons only. If it's a clan mech, clan mechs only. Would play hours on that, so I would have no problems if. Um, if like, they what's made the it point so of using? No... What's the point Pardon? of using the IS tech if clan are always going to be better? Again, now this is, I don't know that as far as like, are their weapons going to do more damage, the heat and all that? Like, I don't know how it'll play out, but that's how it's been in the past. Like, there's no point in having an inner sphere when you can't have a clan weapon that is better, it's cooler, it does more damage, has long range. It's just it doesn't. It's work, lighter. So. Yeah, I mean, like. What's the point of having double heat sinks, the inner sphere versions, when you can get clans? So what if its price tag is a little bit higher? You don't care. You just want the efficiency. You want to win. I mean, and that's that's the thing. That's the mentality. You know. Um, so good question. KK. And then confirmed. Uh, Clan K- heat sinks are one point one. Good to know. Good to and know. And then KK asks uh, us at NGNG if we could fix one IS weapon, what would we pick and what would we do? Phil, do you have something? I would fix AC weapons. Could you be a little bit more specific? Well, I can get in technical reasons. Uh, yes, I'm a Marine, and yes, I was on a tank, and so I know about how ballistics and the computer systems work. Ah. If these things are supposed to be as advanced as they are, yes, even if you know society has down, you know, sort of beaten the crap out of each other for 300 years, these things are really sophisticated. And, uh, well, when you put your crosshair on a target, your system will automatically give it lead if it needs it and stuff, as long as you keep your reticle on the target you'd be hitting where you aimed. So, again, there's some issues I have with the ballistics, but they're speeding up ballistics, so I'm happy with that as well. See, I thought you were talking about the uh, Ultra Auto Cannon 5 uh, staying perma-jammed. <laughs> Which is being addressed. Ooh. Yeah, I was I... talking to um, Thomas about that. He was like, what? When does that happen? That never, and he literally, <laughs> can, he was firing his gun, and... and then click. Oh, what? <laughs> I have one Karma. main issue with MWO and its weapons, and it stems around the UAC-5. I have not used the UAC-5. I don't use uh, macros. I don't have a keyboard for it. I need to upgrade the You don't way. need it anymore. What I'm well, saying, though, is when Darren and I hopped in a match, and he fired one shot, not a double tap, it was one my shot, first shot, and it jammed. One shot, yep. Now, here's my issue with it. If you're going to introduce a random mechanic in a player-controlled aspect that's wrong like it needs to be player controlled you can easily have a bar that when it shows it's in the red you know you can have a possibility of jamming but it should be a player controlled mechanic not a random thing random as far as like oh well my engine just got a critical hit or oh that's fine but a player weapon player weapon should not be no random I should know and I should control if that thing jams if I'm a very good pilot I can ride the line and maximize the damage out of the weapon. Garth, only. take that info to your leader. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I do have good news on that front. Um, we think we know what the problem is, but more importantly than that, we can actually prevent the UAC-5 in particular from having this problem. Currently what happens is if you hold shoot, well, there's, we have a few solutions. This is my favorite. If you hold fire, it will double fire automatically. So what happens a lot of times is if you get even a tiny bit of lag there, it will assume you're holding it down. And then it will try and double fire and jam. What we're going to do is have, if you hold it, it fires every, I think it's 1.1 seconds, the default. But if you tap it, you can double fire. And that has a chance 
to jam. Not well, what I'm, what I'm saying, uh. though, is I know a lot of people get upset when I mention different MechWare games, but if you just so happen to look at MechWare Living Legends, they have an overheat option where it's like a heat bar for all the, the UAC and rack weapons, and if you hold down that trigger, there, there's a little heat bar, and you cross over to the red, that weapon can overheat, and if you push it too far... I think a visual indicator, but again, that's my soapbox. That's the only thing. Sorry, didn't mean to ramble. We're gonna move on. Ramble. Does that include the uh, the sine wave ballistic bug? Uh, currently, all ballistics and SRMs too, I think, are jamming. It's a, it's actually pretty rare. It might seem like it's not, but it took us about 400 tries to get it to happen once. No, no, no. Have right you seen now, it? weapons are jamming in general, and we're not entirely sure why. Yeah, right, sometimes, gotta, if you fire move. a ballistic at a corner, go it will go in a sine wave. Sorry, Laura, you're done. Mm. Sheesh. Vance, Vance Avalon, and he says, is there going to be any consideration for changes to NARC? As it stands now, the duration is very short, the cost of, is quite high, and the returns are very minimum for four tons of equipment. This was actually posted um, on the forums, I believe in the command share, Weapon Balance, that they were looking at increasing the duration and uh, basically adjusting basically this question. So Vance, uh, that actually is one of the things they're doing. So Yeah, it is to, being tweaked. Yeah, definitely needs it. So good question. The next one is Onyx Rain, and he says, uh, well, I'll read one of his questions. He's got multiple. You only get one. Why not allow the LBX-10 to fire one ton of am- uh, ton of AC-10 ammo, or perhaps vice versa for the AC-10? Would make much more of a fun gun, keep the AC-10 viable, even if the LBX uh, can fire some of its ammo. Basically, you can switch you know, back and forth. So basically, I think what he's saying is, you just call it an AC-10 and it can shoot LBX shot or just regular shot. It's really up to you. Or even just having the option to switch between in the LBX-10 and the AC-10 between shot. And kind of like think of a think of a shotgun where you can have slug and shot. I think the reason that that hasn't been done in general is if we start changing weapons in terms of weight in particular, uh, which we would have to do there because we would make it either the lighter or heavier one, a lot of the variants suddenly have a ton extra or less and we need to figure out what to do with that and it starts to ripple through everything where suddenly you're like oh wait well we have this ton here so we'll make it have ammo but wait the next variant here was better because it had more ammo so it it becomes a really big issue where that starts to really ripple through and i think adjusting them so each weapon in itself is unique why would you want to take the lbx over the ac10 you know as a all those types of things i mean if you can it could design. be like a reasonable time or even a heat or even a um, distance indicator like if you have a full cho- uh, if you have a full choke or if you have a cylinder uh, choke you get a different spread pattern so all I gotta say for someone who doesn't know is a canister basically an LBX 10 canister round what it does to people is oh, I mean anyways I've actually seen them in real life they're pretty awesome we got to test them out of the shoot yeah, think about that. Who Giant. did you test them out on? Um, dummies, um, and not real life Their intelligence dummies. isn't a fact. Oh, okay. A 120mm canister round with 3,000 tungsten round ball bearing pellets in its side. Goes through concrete, pillars, everything, not even a scratch on them. I had a friend who worked on those, actually. They're freaking awesome. Yeah, they're brought back. All right, uh, moving on to the next question. We got uh, Serlin. And this actually question is Brother regards, of Merlin. Yeah, in regards to the NGNG TV videos. And he says, I noticed you guys actually roll medium mechs pretty often. Do you think they're viable in competitive play? That's actually, I can't answer that because uh, as far as aces and me specifically, we haven't rolled in 
any competitive environments because the game's really not set up. Um, that being said, I think mediums have a unique role. They're fast. They have a decent amount of you know armor. They can pack a little bit of a punch, but you just got to know how to use them. So uh, I think I rolled actually last night in the cataphract instead of my um, uh, my hunchback. But as far as NGNG in the, the videos, I love the speed and maneuverability of mediums. I think it just... You watch them. I mean, I do pretty good damage for the most part. Uh, actually, usually at the top, I'm able to get in and get out as quickly as possible. And I am not a light mech pilot. Obviously, you guys saw the commando pack, mouse pack. Oh, my God. It was hilarious. But uh, medium mechs, I think, are a, a niche that if you're a good pilot you can basically go to toe to toe with a heavy or even assault mech and keep it busy so i think they are you guys what do you guys think well you and i, I think- come kind of from the the wolf pack era in um, living legends and we you know we like to be hit and run um be able to relocate fast if we want to i think it's viable it totally of course depends on what the other team is fielding but uh yeah it works well so far a certain upcoming game mode will certainly lead more towards people mixing up uh, speeds, I will say. Cough, cough. Let's just say that were you to take six assaults into this mode, you'd probably lose, I will just say. Well, I'm actually interested to see what a lot of uh, units are doing for the APA drops. And maybe that's obviously that's analytical data that you guys are using of the ability to take eight assaults is right there. Are people doing it or are they actually mixing it up? Because uh, yesterday I saw a Jenner, not a Jenner, uh, an Atlas, Raven? a Jenner, and a, oh, it might have been a Raven, a Je- uh, Raven, an Atlas, and a, a Catapult. Three mechs basically wasted five of, on my team uh, because they were using the ECM properly and, and moving around. So just three, you know, totally different weight classes. So I think you'll I actually see, think yeah, I, I want to see play. a month from now what it's doing. That's what I want to see. If I could go forward in time, I would do so just to do that. Because I want to know if people will go, oh, let's take all assaults and a couple lights, and then someone's going to go, oh, well, if I do this, it counters that. And then we'll get into the nice flavor of the month constantly spinning. I really want to see that. Yeah, it's with every new mechanic, whether it's a weapon or a mode or a mech or whatever, it, there's always a first reaction, and then everybody bases all their opinions on what they see the first few days, and then there's what everybody settles into, which tends to be different than the first reaction. And I think it sort of sucks sometimes because, you know, as, as the game isn't, you know, fully out, you know, it's still open beta, you know, you get used to a certain type of thing and then here it comes. So I know a lot of people out there, they don't like relearning things or having to re, you know, learn how to use their mech or even the loadout and stuff. So it is sort of difficult, but that's mech where like if you don't adapt, I mean, that's anything. If you don't adapt, well, you're just going to be pushed to the side, but good question. I think, um, I can just say something real quick here. I think with competitive play, you'll see some mechs valued higher than others. For example, the Hunchback 4 SP um, I, it's a very good mech, and I think it'd be very good in competitive play as comparison to like the, uh, the 4J. All right, moving on to next question. We got Aegis Cleus. I believe I pronounced that correct, and if I didn't, sorry, dude. Uh, it says, Dear Sean, do you have any videos of Don from the back? <laughs> Thank you for your time. Don't act like you've never thought about it. Wait, wait. What I, I can do in my guarantee cockpit, that he has. What I do I can in my guarantee cockpit that I haven't. Is, you know, my own personal... No, it's not your own personal business. Why are you, you share it with us all on NGNG TV? She wiggles, man. I mean, what can you do? 
And wiggle, if you don't wiggle, know who wiggle. Dawn is, it's Nvidia Dawn, the uh, cockpit fairy. And you he can see her now who comes over. on NGNG TV. All right, guys, we're going to be moving on. That image that the guy made for you there, Phil. Yeah, I know, right? We are Ooh. going to be moving on to questions from the live studio audience. We are going to take exactly five questions. And at the end of the five questions, Phil and I are going to decide which question we thought was the best question. And that person will get to pick from one of four prizes. We are doing a giveaway. So we got a lot of X's there. First up is repeat. Go ahead and unmute your mic and ask away, sir. Keep in mind, uh, Garth is community manager. He's not the game designer. So if we can make these more towards what he might know. Yeah. All right. Mic test. You sound good. Cool. Thanks for that. Um, Garth, you guys have released heat maps for the maps and things like that, showing where people go, where they die, where they get kills. And I think you're, you're probably also collecting other stats around mech popularity, how people are dying and stuff. Do you think you'll be releasing stats in future around other sort of stats? I hope to, yeah. I've been asking for them, and it's sort of a slow-moving thing, but I really hope to do uh, more heat maps and more things like it, which would be really interesting. Weapon usage, that kind of thing. I think that would be really awesome for everyone to see. So I'm on it, but I cannot tell you when it will be done. Cool, and thanks for that. Repeat, that's a really good question. I know me and you talked over this past week uh, about a lot of assumptions are out there um, when, in reality, we don't know the numbers, we don't know the data, so it's always nice getting that. And so... Uh, yeah, good question. Indeed, thanks, Phil. All right, good question. Next question comes from our own Adam. Adam, go ahead and unmute and ask away, sir. Uh, hey, guys. I've uh, been kind of trolling around on the forums uh, looking for this specific bug, but it has to do with the uh, speed tweak perk in the Elite scale. It's not applying properly. I'm actually going slower than I'm supposed to be. Oh, I was that's wondering if awesome you guys have heard bug. about this. <laughs> no, but thank you for telling me that. I'll check it out tomorrow. Yeah, like on my cataphract, I'm supposed to be going well over 80, and I'm only breaking about 79. So I, I actually guess... had noticed that. I just thought I was nuts. In retort to that, it would be make sure to post that on the forums. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm definitely do that. The post right now too. There you go. Good question. Next question goes to Syllogy. Go ahead and unmute your mic and ask away. All right, um, there's a lot of speculation that clans are supposed to be coming in March. How far away do you think we are from an actual stable release that we can call live instead of beta? Hmm. I actually, I honestly don't know, because in a game like this, it's really hard to justify or, like, pin down a release. I guess it would be once we feel that the game is stable and we get a lot less crashes, and um, we sort out the frame rate issues. I think those two things in particular... Will help out a lot. Plus, I think Community Warfare essentially has to be at least live. So I would say after those sort of three things, it would there would be around the time when. Again, I don't know. I don't get involved in those kind of things because I'm just a low beyond the ladder. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank you for your question. Next question goes to Zomboid. Unmute your mic and ask away. How are you guys? Um, mine's kind of a two-tier question based upon the recent release of ECM. Um, the first part of that is um, when pe- there's been talk when PPCs come in to uh, get tweaked a little bit, they will have an EMP effect. And I was wondering if that could would be a way to shut down ECM. And that is a great idea. I am stealing that as we speak. Yeah, that sounds awesome. 
And uh, that being said, just FYI, if you haven't checked out, we'll talk about this in a second, but they are adjusting the PPC speed. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. All right, good questions, Humboldt. The second part of that, if you don't mind, is how are, with the ECM being released, how are you going to balance the use of mechs that can't use it in the same class? For example, you have the Raven, currently the best Raven build available, the fastest one, um, best weapon loadouts you gave the ECM while you've got the other two Ravens sitting there as the red-headed stepchild, effectively. They have no um, ECM. They can't move as fast. Their weapon loadouts suck in comparison. Um, is there any way to build them up so they become more like, more used than just the ECM variant? Actually, I have a theory that this will occur on its own, and that's not just me being lazy. Uh, if you guys remember, AMS was going to be the most overpowered thing in the entire game when we released it, and then we had an Atlas come out that had two slots for AMS on it, and not everyone used it. It was shocking. Nope, not everyone used it. It was not the only used Atlas, and I think over time you'll see that with the Ravens. Like, the Raven I use isn't the one that has ECM, because I want more lasers. And uh, the Cicada is not the one with ECM on it that I use. I use one with six lasers. So um, I think it will come down to teams will find a balance of how much ECM they want, which I'm guessing will probably be two after about a month. Maybe, yeah, maybe about two. And um, they'll pick the best mech for that, uh, depending on their strategy. Like if they want to offensively use it, it'll be on the lights and mediums. And if defensively, it'll be on the heavies and the, or the, uh, the Atlas, I mean. So I think it's going to be a time-based thing where people get used to ECM more and then... It will just balance out from there. If not, we'll change it, of course. But as of right now, I'm waiting, personally. Good question, Sambud. Yes, very good question. And uh, I'm going to let, since I gave him a psych there, I'm going to let the last question go to Titus. So go ahead, Titus, unmute and ask your question. You guys hear me? Yes, sir. All right. Well, uh, I'm glad that Garth had seen my um, my post on Facebook. Unfortunately, it didn't get a lot of any, as many views as I would have liked to have seen. It was about the Fighter Ace Arena system, and just to explain briefly, um, Fighter Ace had rooms that you went to to engage in physic and uh, theater-specific arenas. So, for example, players that were new to the game had like a free-for-all arena with relaxed physics. You didn't have as much ammo, or you you had unlimited ammo, unlimited fuel, no G effects, and it let them train they also had like third person view if that is ever brought into the game for the intermediate and expert players there were more realistic arenas where like weapon knock for mwo would be more realistic that ac20 would knock you down instead of just jarring your your cockpit and such stuff like that i was wondering because uh garth you didn't really fill me in with any anything else i was wondering is PGI, PGI already basically slated to implement a similar system that Fighter Ace ran? Because you're able to run so many, you're able to run more, uh, uh, you're able to introduce new content and still at the same time keep old content alive, if you know what I mean. We're looking at different ways we can do it. Like, um, sort of the most popular example is Solaris Arena where you, you, know, you toss a bunch of people in there and they all kill each other. Um, things like that and training and whatnot um, and those systems, they're all being worked on in one form or another. Um, 
currently I can't tell you which one we're using or not because I honestly don't know. But I know that we're looking into a lot of them, uh, especially based on popularity, like Solaris Arena is clearly one of the more popular modes, if not the currently. So I think it would be a safe bet to say that we're most likely going to add that at some point before the game dies, I guess. But I have no idea when, and I don't know what it would be. In oh, let's form. not talk about the death yet. Yeah. Oh, well, anyways. It's a little early for that one. That's, that's actually a good question, Titus, and I think it's just, uh, you know, obviously that's probably internal discussion, and then on top of that, like, I think it's, you know, I'm sure they just can't really talk about it just yet, so. Well, like, then then could I, in in um, saying goodbye, could I could I go ahead and just ask Garth if he would if he would welcome more ex- expansion on, on what I was talking about? Post well, on the forums always. I will read yeah, it. And, I guarantee. If it's in the suggestion forums, I've seen it. So yeah, put it there. And we and do have it. to move on, though. I'm sorry to cut you off, but before um, you go, um, I'm talking to you, Phil. Yeah, thank you, Titus, for the question. Appreciate all the questions. Phil and I, after the show, will decide who the winner is. Best question for the live studio audience. Uh, the prize will be either an Exo Squad Robotech, uh, basically the Warhammer from Robotech. It's a little miniature. Um, BattleTech number one comic book or. Battletech Game of Armored Combat 4th Edition box set. So it's going to be one of those. Congratulations to whoever the winner's going to be. Awesome. All right, Garth, I know it's time for you to get going. I appreciate all of the uh, questions you took and, of course, all the information. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, we'll see you next Thank week. Thank you, sir. And again, congrats time. on the uh, the wedding, sir. Oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> you sound really excited about that. I know, right? No, it's, I'm sure it's just about hearing congrats again. Oh, it's uh, stress. Yeah, soon. So soon. And it's Christmas. Too many things at once. All right, guys. We are moving on to Mechra Online. We're going to go through the topics that came up this past week and obviously breeze right through some of the stuff that you guys already know. Uh, we've got Screenshot 27, which actually shows the hero mech, the new hero mech specifically, um, her. And by her, it's the Maro. How do you pronounce it? Ilya Muramets. Muramets, I, I guess. The one thing I, I, he's going with Ilya sounds feminine. Uh, nope. But also, aren't most ships, tanks, aircraft, etc., called she? Um, no. Yeah, it's a male name. All right, moving on. We've got some ISS feeds about you know pretty much uh, the periphery and rumors spinning around, basically of pirates disappearing and then basically it comes around to guys it's the periphery shit happens all the time which is sort of funny because in reality um well they did have something to worry about and that was the clans basically moving in i don't even so, know what you're talking about sir yeah it's uh are you spreading this here rumors about some sort of clans in Kerensky or something like that and there's bollocks and you know it he's <sighs> yeah he's wearing his tinfoil neuro helmet my Alien's wizard hat my wizard hat what about the robe Please tell me you're still wearing a robe. Oh, technically, if I was in the Battletech universe, I'd have oh, been God. captured by Clan Wolf because I am Phelan Kel. If whether you guys realize it or not, that's that's actually who I am. So, alternate oh. reality. Mm. Okay. Um, did I just just don't this? make eye contact, guys? All right. Patch notes for December fourth obviously came out pretty lengthy. Um, pretty much everyone here is uh, capable of reading, so we'll just let you know how they patched this they patched that they fixed this they did that um 
that being said, we, we're going to talk about quickly uh, some stuff that's coming down the pipe. Community questions. There wasn't anything specifically new in the community questions that you guys, the listeners and fans that are actually playing, really pertinent. Um, I think it was just sort of, you know, hey, when's this going to be? Or hey, who won the pillow fight sort of thing. There was really nothing. I think that one's relevant. Uh, basically, everyone loses. That That's what the, at least that's what Gur said. There is a crash to desktop poll. Um, make sure you guys are, if you are crashing to desktop, make sure you're letting them know. I've had this happen, but actually I haven't had it happen recently. So, you know, I'm not going to say yes when it's happened in the past, but I'm not having it right now. So again, if you're crashing to desktop, make sure you uh, let them know, give them feedback, and of course, submit any, uh, you know, um, crash notes. It's also important to know if you're not crashing to desktop. Yes, because I said no on it, so they know. Now, the command chair, I'm loving this because it allows them to basically post updates, let them, let us know what's going on. They've got the eight-man drop preview that came out prior to Tuesday patch that basically gave it a breakdown. Obviously, you know, when you create a group, it'll say four-man or eight-man. If you have eight-man, you have to have at least seven people in the group to be able to launch, um, and it's basically 8v8. Um, there's no rules, regulations, or anything like that. You've got a talk on performance with Matthew Craig, which was actually really uh, nice. Basically talked about how they're looking at improving performance through the HUD using uh, some of the 3.4 uh, technology from um, the Cry3 engine. And specifically scale form, it's this really cool um, heads-up display tool. Uh, but it's not in-game, so they're having to basically relook at doing adjustments to your HUD because that's all uh, client-side. And there's a lot of polygons on your screen. So interesting talk about killing stats and team stats from Brian, actually. Yeah, team killing stats. Someone asked a question about um, how many team kills happen. Okay, so and for those who are wondering, in 201,000... too many. In 201,477 kills, there were only 142 team kills. So basically 0.07%. In open beta... Day. In open beta daily average, 0.7% or 17 kills per 1,000 kills. So it's actually pretty low. And you got to think, some of those probably are actually accidental. Um, <laughs> in our Aces uh, match, we actually, uh, Boo killed, or uh, Toxin killed Boo. Um, so it does happen every once in a while. So even then, uh, some of that data is, you know, a little construed because some of it's accidental. It's actually 7 out of 1,000. And then, of course, the Paul, the weapon balancing, this is actually, I think, the most important thing to come out of it, is basically saying autocannon projectile speed is being increased. So basically, um, less having to, you know, aim it yourself as far as giving it lead. And PPC and ERPPC projectile speeds increasing to 2,000 meters a second, basically the AC2 speed, which is yes. Yes and yes. We I want to see PPCs used more in matches, which right now I don't see them used very often. It needs to happen. Um, I think I have someone asking, what is it currently? Um, I think someone in the live studio audience, you guys check that out, what it is as far I as hear, MS. My favorite thing on that Paul post is the uh, NARC beacons getting a buff to 20 seconds instead of 15 seconds. And that's pretty much everything that's going on uh, in the past week in, you know, MechWare Online. Obviously, we'll be covering what's going on in this week, next week, and getting you guys the latest updates. For MechWarrior Tactics, we actually have a few things. Uh, they released a primer um, post on their forums that basically broke down what it is about their game, like what it, MechWarrior Tactics is. And the gist of it is you collect 
you customize, and you conquer. You basically you collect stuff, you get to customize your mechs uh, from pilots to everything else, and then you actually get to just go blow stuff up. Conquer via. your friends and enemies. Woo. What I'm really interested to see is if they took to heart some of the um, questions about people wanting to play with multiple people, not just a one-on-one sort of thing or just four mechs, four mechs. Um, that's what I'm really interested to see. And of course, one little tidbit of information that isn't posted on their forums at all and uh, is to stay tuned to the forums for an in-depth look at the Mick Bay functionality. And that's coming very, very soon. And uh, that was straight from You know, the, the Mech Bay is my second favorite place to be. Of course, my first favorite place being the Mech Cockpit unit. Really? Online, online, online. And of course, the Battletech table, uh, tabletop, we know a lot of people actually out there uh, haven't played. Um, if you'd like to, there's some, obviously there's some beginner you know, info, some links we're about to link up here to getting started in the tabletop. If you're just now starting to read, actually, we've been getting a lot of emails saying, hey, you know, I just, you know, I hope you guys go back to doing a book of the month. Uh, you know, I just got some newer books and I'd love you guys to cover them and all that stuff. And that's one of the things we're looking at in the future. But if you haven't given them a read, some of them are, you know, sort of funny, haha, you know, that they, they, they're not the best writing. But the majority of them I really enjoy. And of course, for us Battletech fans, it's all sort of nostalgic, anyways. And we have some more stuff coming from the board game and Battletech in general. Stay tuned on that. And we're working, me and Darren are working on some stuff behind the scenes. So keep that in mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. MechWarrior Living Legends actually just did an update with screens of the Warhawk, a.k.a. for you Intersphere guys, which I guess I'm one of those now, is the Masakari. Um, here's some in-game screenshots. looks amazing. Um, I've actually got to play this in the past uh, for its testing and stuff. Really, really cool mech. Um, obviously, for those that you know uh, are used to it, four ERPPCs on a mech, yes. Yowzer. Yeah, that thing looks... Extremely uh, something. Lethal. <laughs> Extremely lethal, yeah. A lot of weapons it's, there. It's I love it's a sort of an iconic image. Uh, it is using the direwolf legs that you can see they share the same geometry, so they're they're doing the outside knee. And obviously, that's just a little bit of a um, aesthetic change, but obviously it's all right. Um, and obviously, if you haven't tried MechWarrior Living Legends, uh, I've been a part of Living Legends for over three years now. I started playing in 2009. Uh, it was a good, you know, way to get back into MechWarrior that hadn't been seen. It started as mod, won, you know, mod of the year when it first came out. It was a, you know, huge thing. They always get honorable mention throughout, the, uh, you know, the past few years. Because they can't win it twice or something like that. I don't know. It's weird. Now, the devs on uh, Living Legends, uh, there's been some restructuring, and they're coming out with obviously new content like we reported uh, two weeks ago, and then obviously with this. Uh, so obviously, if you haven't played it, and you have Crisis Wars, you can actually download the game, uh, you know, and play it and basically have fun. They've, they've got a lot of cool functions. It's sort of like uh, a few of their game modes are, you know, you respawn, you can purchase mechs, you earn C-bills throughout, you know, how well you do, capture points, there's... Uh, team attrition and then of course uh, there are maps out there like slayer Serena with duncan fisher personally and it's awesome that's actually my favorite game mode in living legends is the slayer Serena, hands down it's it's great this past week uh mechware tactical command actually came out with an update 1.1.1 1. 1. 1. 
Yes. They added two new types of attacks. Um, they also did, uh, it's basically side attack and rear attack where it focuses. New mech lab with increased mech customization and new weapons and a number of stability fixes. Now, I know I've been a little bit critical of Tactical Command in the past, and I'm still going to be because if you're a developer out there and you release a product, the amount of negative feedback that came out when they first released it due to the bugs and stuff like that, I just I expect more from a professional company. So it's one of those things where, you know, I feel like that needs to be, you know, fixed. And even when they release this, you're still having people basically say, hey, it's crashing in this mission and I can't even play the rest of the game. But overall, a lot of people have said it's a really cool game. It's cool to play, you know, when you're laying in bed or at work or at school or, you know, anything like that. So uh, for those that don't know, MechWarrior Tactical Command is a Apple product, I should say. It's only released for the um, tablet and supposedly the iPhone is coming soon. So, yeah, I know a lot of are you guys all disappointed as much as I am about it not being for Android? Is there anybody else? Uh, I have an iPad. I'm so sorry, people. I have an iPhone. No, but I think it would be uh, fiscally smarter to have an Android client as well. Yeah, but I think we all know that, I mean, it's all about... uh, Legality. Legalities and behind-the-scenes stuff, which is why they picked their platform and why they had to stick with it. Um, I would say that I'm more disappointed that uh, Tactics is not going to be available on the Droid, although I understand Mm. why. Well, you can just have a laptop. And the way laptops are evolving in tablets, I mean, it's all, you know, kudos. I love it. Just for the fact that I can take it around a tablet and have, uh, you know, touchscreen. Oh, God. It's going to be great. I'm going to play Tactics with a touchscreen. It's going to happen. And, of course, on Facebook, we are up to 1,752 likes. Uh, we got 101 in the past week. Again, if you don't like Facebook, Dalmatians. cool. Just go to our website, register. Uh, That way you can participate in the Mech Week voting. That way you can participate in community questions. And that being said, one of the things we're looking at for our new website, too, is the possibility of forums and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I know. I know. I don't want it. I don't want to have to deal with it. But you guys (laughs) We won't be. Yeah, yeah. Someone (laughs) else will be. So, delegation. First of many troop-leading steps you learn in the Marine Corps. All right. um, That being said, too, Twitter at no guts no galaxy you can follow us there uh we'll actually the new website will tie into twitter and give you updates on that for those who like to use twit mm. er. 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 er and of course thanks to everyone our community you guys in the live studio audience thank you so much for showing up in numbers in mass i want to see more of you so again next week show up with a larger unit Yes, indeed. And thank you to the following Mech Warriors for their donations to NGNG. Simon, AJ, Michael, Richard, Matthew, Landon, Andreas, and anyone I missed. We appreciate you. And of course, because of the holidays coming up, we got some special stuff planned, even a special NGNG comic strip. And hopefully you guys will enjoy it as much as we do. So this was your local No Cuts, New Galaxy Mech Warrior podcast. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show. This is Phil. This is Darren. This is Brandon, also known as Catrick L. This is Laura. Yeah, but it says Greg. This is Laura. <laughs> what? <laughs> Until next time, Mech Warriors. It'd be best if you avoid me. But I know you probably can't. You sense something is wrong with me. You can feel it on my skin. But there is more with it. 
thought it was normal Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot Forever disconnected from you I'm Duncan Fisher. As a former mech pilot and Solaris champion, I know that spending several hours in the cockpit battling it out with your enemies can really build up your stress levels. Between the physiological strain that the neurohelmet puts on your body to the psychological tension of an almost constant life-or-death situation, that kind of stress can often make you feel like you're going to explode from the pressures of the day. And without some type of release... That built-up pressure can seriously damage your health and well-being. Well, I have the solution for you. Solaris Beer. Brewed from the finest hops and barley that can be grown in the dark, dank, underground farms of the Solaris Factory District, 
Solaris Beer is the only beer approved for use by the Solaris Brewers Physiological Association. It's got a rich, smooth taste that is calming and cool. And at 14% alcohol, it'll help you forget your problems fast. So try a Solaris beer today. I know I love them. Mmm. Delicious. Solaris beer. The beer of champion. Like Duncan Beer. God, my mouth is still burning. It's worse than hydro acid. Solaris City Brewing Company. Solaris Atlas. Where the hell is my agent?